Welcome to Building the Future. I'm your host, Kevin Horick. You can check out new episodes of the show every Tuesday and Thursday at 2 p.m. If you missed an episode or want to get more information about the show, please visit buildingthefutureshow.com. SoupX, the Startup Expo, North America's premier startup conference, is March 6th and 7th, 2017, in sunny Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Affordably priced, SoupX is a two-day international conference featuring workshops, panels, speeches, a $50,000 startup competition, and over 100 exhibitors. For more information, go to sup-x.org. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Eric Cazzo. He's the CEO at Unity. Eric, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah, I'm excited to have you back on the show. We talked months ago about kind of your platform, Unity, and, you know, you guys have come, you've added a bunch of new stuff, and I thought, you know, we should we should cover that again. I kind of like going back and having past guests on the show and kind of cover what they've been up to the last little while. I think it's it's interesting to me, and it's, and it's interesting to the listener, but maybe before we kind of get into Unity and, and the new stuff, Maybe let's start off with getting to know you a little bit better and cover where you grew up. Sure. Uh, so I kind of grew up all over the place. Um, I was born in Germany, lived in the UK, moved to uh, the US when I was young. Okay. was in the US for a little bit, moved back to Europe and lived in France for several years. Um, and, you know, for the vast majority of my life, certainly my adult life, I've lived in uh, California. Okay. So you, you went to... The California Polytech State. Um, tell me, tell me about that and what you kind of took there. Sure, Cal Poly is an interesting school in the sense that um, it's a very small school. Uh, it's it had the uh, the undesirable reputation as most test taking school when I was there, which was certainly not fun <laughs> uh, when you're a college student. Uh, but their motto is "Learn by doing." So, a lot, virtually all of the professors were former industry execs. Um, or professionals in some way uh, that really sort of brought, I think, real world experience into the classroom, which was always very enjoyable because you sort of balanced out the academic um, with, you know, more tangible real world concepts and application. So Cal Poly is a a great university to go to. It's in a wonderful part of California. And there's this real strong sense of don't just talk about things, but do things. Got you. No, I, I think that's great, right? And, I, and in a lot of ways, I wish more schools were kind of like that. I find a lot of programs can be like, in theory, <laughs> and then you get out yeah, in the real academic world. Certainly, yeah, academics certainly has that reputation of, um, you know, everything is on paper. And of course, you know, things don't translate from paper uh, to the real world perfectly, and certainly not in entrepreneurship. And when you're, you're creating a company, from scratch, there's really no guidebook that makes it easy. You know, even if you've done it over and over again, first company I started, um, you know, certainly ran into all kinds of challenges and things that you had to learn and figure out. And, you know, you do it a second or a third time. And, you know, even if you're encountering the exact same problems, the solutions are almost universally different. So there's, you know, certainly things you learn along the way that, make you more prepared, but there's, there's nothing that you could sort of read that's just, uh, make sure that you have the answers whenever those circumstances arise. Sure. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. So you've kind of had quite an impressive career. You've worked at some big companies and you've worked at companies that were acquired by bigger companies. And so I'm curious to know 
obviously before you founded your own company, you, you know, you, you worked at some big name companies. What made you decide to kind of leave the corporate kind of world and found Unity? Um, I, I would say in, in my case specifically, uh, you know, starting a company really gives you the ability to test yourself and to really, you know, put your conviction to, uh, into application, right? I mean, a lot of times when you work in another company, um, you know, you pour yourself into it and you have ideas or you have things that you believe can make a difference. And for a lot of really good reasons, the company is focused on other things and you can't go do them. So, you know, I, I think uh, starting companies or businesses can be a lot of different things to different people. In my case, it was, I wanted to go solve problems and this let me do that. It, it let me go see if I could figure out how to solve problems. And uh, that that's really what I like doing. It's It's the only reason I sort of get excited to go, you know, and work with, uh, with everyone I work with here or advise other companies or things like that. It's, you know, it's really about connecting with what everyone's trying to, uh, to solve and then seeing if you guys can all collectively figure it out. Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. So for people that don't know, what exactly is Unity and why did you decide to start it? Sure. So Unity, uh, in its most simple form, lets you access all of the things you have, your music, photos, videos, and documents from any device you have, regardless of where they're stored. So uh, most people, certainly me, I mean, this, this company was essentially born out of necessity. I, mm-hmm. I started this company because I had this problem, uh, sure. which quite frankly, I think is, is one of the best ways to go and, uh, and start a company, uh, solve something you care about. Sure. And in my case, like a lot of people, uh, when I was at home, I used the big desktop computer. It's got a lot of horsepower and storage. Uh, it's got a big screen. In the office, I used my laptop, and on the street, I used my phone. And I constantly had to deal with content being scattered about different devices. Every time you use a device, something gets stuck or associated with that device. And it's, it's really this change that we've seen since smartphones were uh, introduced. Before the smartphone era, computing was mostly a productivity uh, exercise, right? You would go to the computer to go do something like write a document or an email. Totally. But it was very, ca- it was very cast centric. And the one thing that smartphones have done is, is make computing ubiquitous. People do it all day, every day for every single reason. And we've seen the number of devices per person uh, grow incredibly over the last several years. By some estimates, the average person has seven connected devices, uh, you know, some other estimates have it at eight, nine, or 10. Sure. Uh, but suffice it to say that people have a lot of devices and they're using them continuously in different contexts. So for example, if you're walking down the street and want to find a restaurant, you don't grab a laptop, you grab a phone. Totally. But if you're going to go edit some video, you don't even want a laptop. You want the big screen and the horsepower. Totally. So, you know, devices, the reason people have all these devices is that we're computing all the time and one device is not perfect for all uh, situations that you're in. So like everyone else, I had this problem to where my content was stuck on a device that I didn't have and it constantly affected the things I was doing or my productivity. And the, the logical thing to do is we'll just go get unlimited cloud storage, which I went and finally, um, I, I finally broke down and paid for it. I went and spent tons of money on online storage Yep. only to realize that online storage doesn't care about the media that you have. Totally. Right? If you put yeah. an iTunes, if you put an iTunes catalog in online storage, it doesn't know what that is. It sees a database, files, and folders. Yep. And 
like everyone else, I don't browse my music by files and folders. I browse music by artist or genre or playlist. Um, I browse my photos not by knowing what IMG underscore 2517.jpg <laughs> is. Yeah. I you know, look at things like uh, facial recognition tags to find the person, or I go to a photo album. Yeah. So, you know, while cloud storage works fantastically well for documents and PDFs and things like that, it simply was not designed to unify our media libraries, all of which we have so much content in that we curate them. We organize them in things like iTunes or in Adobe Lightroom. Um, and, and that's really because over 90% of all the content that people have is music, photos, and videos. Mm-hmm. So it became clear that, that the, the problem was is that there really wasn't a solution in the market that said people have many devices and they have content, especially media, across those. So how do you let them easily access it? And, and that's, that was really our starting point. Starting point was, okay, well, how can you fix a computer so that it doesn't just know about itself, but it really knows about all the other devices that you have? And that's in light of the fact that you may have a Mac at home, but a Windows computer for work. Sure. And you might have an iPad tablet, but then an Android phone. Yep. Uh, so, you know, the, the starting point was we need to fix this one part of computing, and we identified that as the file system, the part of the OS that tracks files. And we figured that if we could create a new type of file system, it could span all of these devices, and you could go to one app, Unity, across all of them and see all of the content as if it was on that device. So that's, that's how we got to where we are today, which was a very, very long road. Sure. And... And I think, like, for people that don't actually build software, like, you guys have had to build software that works, like, obviously, for Android, for iOS, for Windows, OS X, the web. Like, that's a lot of different kind of talent and different personalities and types of people, right? That's not an easy task to do by any means. Yeah, it's a, a, it is. You're absolutely right. It is not easy, and and quite frankly, I do not recommend um, <laughs> uh, doing that very often. It is. Uh, it it sounds challenging. Uh, in practice, it's 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 incredibly challenging. It's you know, it's not easy to build cross-platform software like that because it takes the team that you have and spreads them very thin. Sure. You know, you when you're a startup and you're living on investor capital. Obviously, you can only hire so many people, and the more tiers to your platform that you have, obviously, the more you have to spread those people around. So it, it's very, very difficult. Um, it's We've built an enormous amount of technology. It's something we're really proud of, but uh, it's also something that, that uh, we hope the difficult days you know, quickly get behind us. Sure. Well, and you guys have two, office, two offices in different states, which also adds to the challenge. You're right. Yeah, it's it's being co-located is uh, is is something. I think the last time I was on your show, I said, yeah, um, avoid it at all costs. <laughs> yep, uh, I remember I, that. I, I, I've absolutely. If anything, I feel that even more strongly uh, <laughs> since the last time we talked. It is co-locating your company is is not a good idea. Um, it, it just it becomes increasingly difficult. Um, yeah, I think we're a much bigger company from the last time I talked to you, and sure. you know, it it just does not get any easier. Unless I suppose you hit some, you know, future thresholds where you're so big uh, that that they're just standalone businesses in a sense. But um, yeah, it is it is hard tech and uh, made more difficult by having uh, offices in different places. Sure. No, no, that makes a lot of sense. The, the other thing um, that I'm curious about 
building kind of something that's cross-platform and cross-device and cross um, a bunch of different kind of screen sizes and OSs is keeping the user experience similar but also trying to manage what you need to do on those different kind of OSs, right, is, is a huge challenge for people that have never done this stuff. Even for people that have done this stuff, it's a challenge. Yeah, you're right. Um, and, you know, you bring up something that's a topic often, especially on mobile, which is, you know, if we back up and we don't think in terms of the platforms like Windows or Mac or mobile sure. um, with iOS and Android, we, we obviously want people to use our product and be able to just move between devices and have instant familiarity uh, from a user interface. Mm -hmm. um, but that said, there, there are these nuances, more so on mobile, to where Android users expect certain type of, of user experience totally. uh, and interaction, and, and iOS users expect something different. So there's, there's always that consideration of, well, we want things to be similar across platform, but, you know, things work differently on Android than they work on iOS. And I think, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to sort of always find where that line is to say, you know what, yeah, they are different, but in this case, we want to have them be a little bit more similar or, no, you know what, um, we, these need to be different because the users on those platforms, you know, are going to understand how it works better if we do it that way. Sure. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. So let's maybe dive a little bit deeper into Unity and exactly how does it work. So I have, well, you walk me through kind of how the whole thing kind of works. You gave kind of a quick overview, but just for people that don't know what Unity is, give them a walkthrough of kind of how it works. Sure. So setting up Unity is pretty straightforward. You'd go to our website, uh, which is www.getunity.com, and you would download our software. So you create an account. Um, it gives you a download to put on each device. You would install that, let's say, on your laptop and on your desktop. Of course, you would go to the App Store and you would put it on your phone. But the first thing Unity does when you put it onto a computer is it, it indexes the hard drive, right? So basically, it finds the files that you have and it then begins building um, metadata about those files. So, for example, with your music, it would go and find out, okay, well, what's the name of the song? Who's the artist, the album, all those types of things. And ultimately, when it's done scanning or indexing the hard drive, it's aware of all the music, photos, videos, and documents on each computer that you have. And it does this without you having to tell it where the content is. So if you don't know where your content is, and this is actually as we talk about our newest software release, which is our desktop software, a big thing I encountered, um, it's going to find all of this content for you and then organize it into one big visual menu. Right, so um, if I have it on my laptop and on my desktop, the Unity user interface on either of those computers and my phone is gonna show one browser of all of this content. I can look at my music, my photos, my videos, and my files. Uh, within my music, I'm gonna see all the music that, that are on my computers and on my wife's computers. And she has a different iTunes account. We regularly, even though all of these purchases are coming from the same bank account, her iTunes account is separate from mine. So I can't get the music, for example, on my phone if she bought it, um, uh, you know, yes. different things like that, because it's associated with this different computer where it downloaded it. And I don't connect to that computer, nor is my iCloud account the same as hers. Sure. So, you know, all of these, these little sort of stumbling blocks that I think, you know, people grumble about often, Unity sort of cuts through all of those and says, this is all of the music, here's all the videos, 
and you can browse it in one unified view. So uh, if there's playlists on her computer, I'll see them. If there's playlists on mine, I'll see them. Um, but the, the really cool thing that Unity does is it discovers all of this content for you. In some cases, maybe you know about your content, or maybe you put a bunch of music into iTunes. But a lot of us have, you know, the old USB hard drive laying around that's got yeah, a bunch yeah, of music yeah. that we used to love, maybe from college or things like that. And you never get around to putting it on the computer, you know, that you use all the time or in, in importing it into iTunes. Unity also finds this stuff because it, it basically discovers everything on your computer and then lets you uh, automatically organizes it. So the iTunes music is going to be in there with all of the non iTunes music. Um, your movies are going to be separated from your home videos and we'll do things like discover content you created with specific devices like a GoPro. So all of this is a simple visual menu for you to find all of your content and then quickly access it or share it or do things like that. No, that that's great. I, I think, I think that makes, well, I, I have, I've had a similar problem obviously. And I've, I was like you, I've tried or you pay for, you know, Dropbox and you pay for Google drive and you pay for both because they both do certain things well. And, you know, you have to wait for them to sync. And I, I think, like especially for non-technical people like for technical people it's a nightmare for non-technical people it's just they're not going to do it right like they're not going to manage this stuff themselves it's just too time consuming doesn't really make sense like you said you lose files and so you guys are solving like a real problem with this stuff right and so yeah I, i'm curious then to talk a little bit more maybe like let's talk about kind of the new desktop software and kind of what is it and what exactly does it do and how is it the same or different than the apps? Sure. So before this release of our desktop application, Unity, when you installed it on your computer, you didn't actually use it. It served content to the phone. Okay. So if you wanted to, to access your content, you did it from your phone or your tablet. Got you. So, for example, in my case, you know, I have five, my wife and I, across you know, all the devices, we have five computers, three Windows or three Mac computers and two Windows computers. And so those computers would stream content to my phone or her phone or my tablet or things like that. But you couldn't sit down at the computer and actually see anything or use um, the software. And, and that's what we've changed and what we've introduced. The Unity desktop application, just like our mobile apps, now lets you see all of the content, not just on the computer that you're sitting in front of, but in the same, in one UI, you'll see that stuff and all of the other files and media on all the devices. So um, the, the, the big change really is you can now use Unity in more places, that being your Windows or your Mac computer. Got you. Okay. So let's, let's dive into a little bit of the features um, because you, you kind of briefly touched on them and, and you, you kind of dived into the iTunes stuff and I think that makes a lot of sense, but you touched on a couple things, um, with photos and I know in the past I've had kind of friends where, you know, they can't get their, you know, photos off their iPhone or something and they get a new phone or their phone dies or something and they lose you know, photos of their kids that weren't anywhere else, right? And some people set up iCloud, some people don't. Um, but I, I think like just having the ability to kind of sync your photos, especially when they're of your kids or family or important events in your life, 
I, I think that's super important. And you kind of brought, roughly touched on that, but I do want to dive a bit deeper into, you know, you're, you mentioned support for Lightroom and, and do you want to maybe cover photo syncing a little bit better? Cause I think that's really important to people. Well, I, I would I would probably point out that that syncing, you know, or a lot of what you're describing, I'd call backup, you know, is, is not currently a feature in Unity. Okay. So, yeah, okay. You know, back, backup is something that that is, you know, obviously really important, and and we're always very cautious to, you know, when people say, hey, this, this now gives me access to my stuff, you know, it's it's kind of like backup. I say, no, 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 it's not. Backup is a security product, right? Backup right, is. Fair. Is, is something to where once we put it off-site, if my house burns down, I've still got all the family photos and videos and all that kind of stuff. So Unity, I would say, is, is you know, in that kind of context, not your product of choice yet. Um, okay. I, I think, you know, next year what we'll see is us, you know, move towards that direction as we integrate with online storage and products like that. So you'll see Unity maybe get closer to that. But right now what Unity is really about is, is discovery and access. Okay. Um, and, and I think the first one is probably the most um, salient feature to talk about because, um, you know, I, I said a moment ago something that I kind of encountered when using uh, testing Unity's desktop software is is this this realization that we create a lot of content, right? Mm -hmm. and, and you know, you say that like in a flippant way where I'm like, oh yeah, I shoot a lot of photos, I shoot a lot of video, but but really people create lots and lots of content. Um, and one of the things that I realized is, is that I have no idea where it is. Sure. So, you know, my wife and I, we have two little girls and I'm sure like all parents and for the most part, non-parents, we shoot video all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, it, it I, I later realized we have about 1500 videos of things, vacations and birthday parties and going to the beach and all kinds of stuff like that. And, you know, I shoot some of these, my wife does, we shoot them with smartphones. Sometimes we shoot them with point and shoot cameras. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, um, you know, we always carry a GoPro with us cause they're great little rugged waterproof cameras. Sure. So we shoot them with that. Uh, and then of course I've got, you know, the SLR, which I shoot the really, you know, important stuff with. So all of this, all, all of this video has been shot with a variety of different devices. And sometimes, you know, it gets, my wife puts it when she shoots it on her laptop. I always put it on the iMac, but some of it is on my laptop, but none of it is in like a known directory. It's basically lost on these computers. It's like just throwing things into the attic. Yeah. And, you know, we didn't organize it at all. Uh, and one of the things that I think is really remarkable about Unity is you don't have to know where your stuff is. You don't have to point it at special folders or say, I need you to find my home videos. Unity is going to find all of this stuff across all of your computers and show it to you. And that really blew me away because you, technically Unity has always done this. It, it did it before our desktop software, but there's something about a big screen to where all of a sudden I see all of these videos. I mean, we shoot these videos because we think that these are important moments. Um, and, you know, certainly they are, right? But sure. I'd never, ever looked at any of these videos, largely because I don't know where the hell they are. I mean, they're, you know, they're tiny little files that are scattered all about different directories. They're not all in one place. And even if they were all in one place, you know, you look in Finder or in Windows Explorer, and it's like a little tiny file name that doesn't make any sense. And then, you know, like this just micro-sized thumbnail that is, you know, uh, you know, like it's so small that you can't see anything. So, you know, one of the things that I think is, is really exciting about Unity is that it discovers everything for you, no matter where you stashed it or whether you know about it or not, and quickly brings this, you know, into this beautiful menu for you to go and then, 
find things. And, and I spent hours just watching videos of my kids that, that I completely forgotten about. Uh, you know, my kids started seeing me do it and they come over and one will be, you know, I want to pick a video of her sister and they go back and forth and are constantly now looking at all the videos of themselves that up until this point, you know, were, were sort of uh, metaphorically collecting dust, right? I mean, they're just sitting there doing nothing. Sure. No, no, that makes that makes a lot of sense. And I think it makes sense too when you use stuff kind of like a GoPro or other kind of non kind of or devices that are specific to one thing and do one thing really well that you have to plug in to sync. And I, I and I think like something like that, just being able to access that content, you're right. It kind of just gets lost in a folder. You think you're gonna sort it at some point, but you never do, right? And then who knows, right? It, it could just kind of get lost in time. So I, I think that that makes a lot of sense that you guys are, are bringing this stuff kind of back to life for lack of a better term, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's, you know, things that, uh, you know, it, you know, that I, I just were completely ignoring. Now I get to, uh, I get to see, and I wasn't ignoring them because I didn't care about them. I just literally, I couldn't find them. I didn't, I didn't know where any of this stuff is. And, you know, it, it's when you find great features like that, that, that by design, Unity is supposed to do that. But when you put it, when you really start using it, it starts revealing all the things that you do next, you know? So, um, you know, launching the software and seeing the, the uptake of it, which has been tremendous. I mean, it's, you know, the, the amount of usage that, that our users have now with this software versus mobile is, um, is, is vastly greater, right? I mean, it's shot up, um, you know, by order of magnitude. So, you know, what, what we're seeing is, is, is more engagement from our users telling us, Hey, now that I found all this stuff, here are the next things that I really want, which are exciting. No, that, that totally makes sense. So we, we kind of covered that you, you guys don't sync and that was my bad calling it that, but people must give you kind of the, the privacy kind of conversation. So how do you guys kind of handle privacy and, and what, what kind of content do you have access to or not access to kind of walk, walk us through the privacy side of this thing? Sure. So from a privacy standpoint um, and a security standpoint, I mean, unity is a pretty robust solution. We don't have anything, right. I mean, it's the, the short way of describing it. We don't have, uh, we don't have any files because nothing gets uploaded. We don't have storage servers. We don't have your metadata. Uh, so, you know, from the standpoint of, of what unity is aware of, at least as a company, it's virtually nothing. I mean, we, we, of course, like all companies, want to know what our users do the most, right? So we collect analytics on users, like are they watching video or do users you know, listen to music or how long do they use the product? And this is all aggregated, anonymous stuff that's really just about basic things like um, you know, what, what we, how users use the product that we can direct our, our development efforts. Um, but by and large, I mean, Unity has virtually no information about users at all. So from a privacy and security standpoint, Unity is, you know, is a great solution. And I think a lot of users care about that. Um, I think there's always sort of this towing the line between, you know, I really wish I could be private, mm -hmm. but it's hard to be private. So I guess I'll just, you know, throw in the towel, right? Yep. Finally start using Google Photos, even though I know that they're looking at all my photos to give me ads. Um, so, you know, things like that are, are, are pretty common. Um, you know, I think outside of the U.S. it's a bigger concern. I don't know about in Canada, certainly in the EU, um, you know, privacy is, is you know, a, a much, much bigger concern for people. 
you know, but from that standpoint, you know, when we look at how we made Unity work, we started with just the content on your devices because Unity can be, you know, what we call a personal cloud. It can build an actual cloud just like using public cloud services like Dropbox, for example. So we could build it out of your devices. It doesn't, you know, instead of all of your stuff being on our servers and our data center, we can turn your computers into arguably an even higher performance uh, personal cloud because it's not shared with a whole bunch of people, right? When I access a movie off my iMac from my phone, it's not like Netflix where everyone gets home from work and it comes to a grinding halt because they're all, you know, accessing Netflix. I'm the only one accessing them. Sure. So, you know, from that standpoint, we started with, with the content people have on their devices. Um, and and as, as we've had more and more usage, you know, we get a lot of requests, like, you know, people really want us to integrate our software onto NAS devices for network attached storage. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so that's on the short list of things that we're now, um, you know, considering as well as, uh, you know, surprisingly online storage, people want to make sure that, that if a computer is turned off, like a laptop in a backpack, you can still get the content from it. Well, look, with a basic way unity works, if that computer is off, we can't get anything from it. Right. But if someone wants to uh, turn on cloud storage to where we would take all the content from those computers and put them into the cloud, well, we can make that work. So, you know, we, we've been, you know, talking with storage companies um, and looking at, you know, how do we, how do we make this work in a way that our users want? Because, We've seen a lot of companies sort of plug into the existing online storage services. Yeah. It's not a lot of value there, right? I mean, if connecting to the Dropbox account you have, if all you have is 10 gigabytes of stuff in there, it's not that interesting. Yeah. Um, you don't need Unity to get the stuff out of your Dropbox account, right? Fair. Yep. So, how, however, managing all of the content that you have and making sure all of it is stored somewhere um, so that you don't have to lift a finger and, you know, there's no you know, folder by folder or, you know, things like that. That's something that we think is pretty interesting and in, in trying to figure out how, how do you get consumers to care about online storage? Because I think we all know the numbers for people that pay for consumer online storage are really, really, really low. Sure. So now it, it, and it's not because it's not a good service. It's because they haven't yet found value in our opinion. And, um, you know, we, we think we could actually be a big benefit to the storage industry, making those products and services work better. Yeah, like, like I 100% agree. And it's kind of to my point earlier, like I said, like I pay for Dropbox and I pay for Google Drive and I would put myself in, in that kind of minority category. Like I spend a huge amount of time pushing big, big files there where, to be honest, like a lot of the reason I pay for that stuff is because... I do some video stuff and it just running the Mac, um, you know, MacBook Pro, like the storage just just doesn't cut it, right? No matter what you do and plugging external hard drives in and then I have a, a Windows desktop and so just for video, it's kind of a nightmare. Never mind all the other platforms and file types and, and whatnot, right? So I think I think you're absolutely right that unless you're kind of, super nerdy and kind of on top of that and I would put myself in that it's still it's still a nightmare for like me and I've kind of struggled with it but like somebody like my parents or my mother like she she would have no idea how to do some of this stuff right and so I think like for for you guys to be able to sync content between all their devices because I think a lot of people don't even understand that like a files on this computer and another files on that computer 
And like, why can't they get it on a third device, right? People, some people I found just don't even understand like how come that just doesn't happen, right? Especially if they're this, the same OSs. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think, I think, you know, one of the things we realized when we started the company was, is that, you know, I mean, look, the best people to solve a lot of these problems, of course, are the operating system makers, right? Yep. Microsoft and Apple and, and so forth. But, you know, it, it's, it, it's, it's hard to sort of explain in some cases that, that, um, you know, that the, the real problem is, is that consumer behavior has changed a lot so quickly, right? Seven, eight years that it's completely outpaced, you know, what these companies have sort of seen on the horizon for what's coming. No one really, I mean, think about it. Like 10 years ago, computing was a very, very different proposition. Totally. And, uh, you know, actually it's funny, I was using Unity, right? As, there's all these videos and I, I saw videos of uh, this, this trip that me and a bunch of my buddies made, um, I think to Northern California to some lake and we're, we're on this boat and I'm shooting video and I can see this from the mirror of the boat, right? with uh, what I think is a, a Treo smartphone. Okay. I'm like, oh my God, that thing, that thing has a camera and I didn't realize that thing even shot video. Uh, and of course, it was, hor- it was horrible, horrible quality, right? It was all granular, pixelated, and you know, it looked terrible. Um, but you know, it, it's funny, because that, that was like eight, nine years ago, probably nine years ago. Uh, it was right before the first iPhone came out. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Um, you know, which, which seems like an eternity, but you know, it's really not that long ago that we went from these crude devices that, you know, a lot of people suggested would never get massive adoption yep. to total ubiquitous, uh, you know, consumption of, of these devices and the content that's changing. And, and, you know, quite frankly, the, the operating system vendors have simply not kept pace, yep. right? It's there. They still build devices as if you use one computer. Totally. And, and, you know, you look every year when a new operating system comes out, it's amazing with all the great new shiny features that are in it. But the one thing that we're, we're continuously, you know, dismayed by is, is that it's still built with this idea that it's the only computer you have. Yep. And quite frankly, the cloud not, is not yet been designed, cloud storage not been designed around this idea that I don't have a storage problem. No one has a storage problem. Sure. Right. I mean, and, and when you get down to it, the problem is access. Yeah, yeah, totally. Everyone has plenty of storage. No one stops computing when you run out of storage. Yeah, you, you buy more storage, right? Yep. So, you know that, and and yet the problem is continuously looked at as if storage is the issue when it's not. This idea that that you can't get content from point A to point B easily. No, that that makes a lot of sense, and yeah, I I, I totally agree with you. It, it, it's a it's an interesting problem, and you're right, like that. A lot of people would think that, you know, you're right, OSs and uh, hardware and software manufacturers would solve this. But I, I'm curious, though, how how do you kind of see the future of Unity? Because you, you just, you have all these, these kind of platforms now. I, I think the only thing that you could potentially add is in browser. Is that something you guys want to do eventually? Have you been asked that? Do you even care about adding... Um, a browser version? Uh, no, that's, that's, that's a great question, actually. The desktop app that we have built is actually a browser-based app. Oh, so very cool. You run, it, you run it natively. It's in a native window. Sure. Uh, but yeah, we think, we think browser-based access is, uh, is an awesome feature um, and you know, something that you know, really, I mean, especially the engineering team here, is chomping at the bit for us to get out. We have to 
refactor a few things with uh, some of the tech to, to make it work as, as well as it should. Sure. Uh, but that, that is in our near-term plans that, you know, the browser gets in there. Um, you know, there's, there's other platforms that, um, you know, that, that ultimately a lot of, of our recent work has sort of paved the way for. So things like Apple TV apps or Roku mm-hmm. apps, um, you know, really what we see Unity as is, you know, if, if we were to sort of achieve an amazing dream, Unity is the way that you see and browse and access your content. Sure. Right? We're, we don't want to be a storage company. We don't want to be a photo editing company. Uh, we, we don't want to do a lot of things. What we want to do is stitch together the different places and the different screens that we access content from so you don't think about it, right? You shouldn't have to think about, can I access something here or there, right? You shouldn't have to, you know, beforehand know that you want to. Right now, if you know that you're going to need something and you plan ahead, you're pretty much taken care of. Sure. But how, how, do, you, how do you make it to where, you know, uh, you, know you sort of think like – like if you have your car with you and your keys, you can get in it and go somewhere. Sure. Uh, but Uber really made it to where it didn't matter if if that was the case, right? I can I can go to you know anywhere where Uber operates, grab my phone and I have everything. Uh, and in that sense, bringing that type of simplicity, uh, you know, and and the availability of being able to solve that problem continuously for access to your content is really what we hope to achieve. So that that means that you can you could go across any of your screens get your content, but I could. I could be at your house sure. and across any of your screens get my content so that all of the content we have is just it's always universally available to us. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. And, and the main reason I kind of ask that is because, I, like, obviously, like I mentioned, I have a MacBook Pro and a Windows desktop, but I also use a Chromebook all the time. And so just having access to, you know, stuff in the browser sometimes is, is really useful for me on a selfish front. And then... You know, and then I have too many devices to name, but, you know, just it's interesting that you guys are thinking of and and considering moving into kind of lesser of the mainstream devices like the Roku and the Apple TV. I'm not saying they're not popular, but I I think those are kind of second or third kind of purchases after like a laptop or tablet. Right. And and I'm not saying they're not bad because I, I have both of those, but I... I think that's very cool that you're moving into these kind of other other platforms as well in the future, or at least considering moving to them. Yeah, I mean, if we if if we could wave the magic wand, we'd be doing them right now. Sure, um, sure. Yeah, but you know, when you're when you're building a startup, um, yeah, you know, yeah. you're uh, it's 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 always difficult to sort of figure out when do you do these things. And uh, so, you know, from our standpoint, you know, those those devices increased consumption of your own content. Sure. You know, the, the, the more that, the more that you can browse it the way that you want, uh, the more you're going to. Right. Sure. So, and, and we see that, you know, from our own users who use unity a whole lot um, and keep telling us, wow, you know what, if it did this one thing, you know, it'd be great. Um, and most of the time that one thing is a really fantastic idea. So, you know, I'm regularly, you know, up in the mountains snowboarding or something like that. I'm, got something like 40 snowboarding movies on my home computer. We always want to watch them. And, you know, we, we had not fully integrated this concept that streaming it from my phone to my TV should be able to intelligently change the, the resolution, right? When I stream a movie, an HD movie to my phone, it doesn't need to be the same size as a, as a file for my, my flat screen in my house because uh, my phone is tiny, right? Uh, but there are times then that I, I, I fling it from my phone to the TV. 
And, you know, this, this, you know, recent concept that we came up with smart stream to where we have you know, a good way of looking at this intelligent default streaming to where we notice, okay, well, here's the original content. Here's the device you're streaming it to. Here's the network that you're on. How should we deliver this content to you? Okay. Interesting. So, you know, what, what it'll do is say, Hey, this is, this is an iPhone, right? Um, it should look fantastic on that phone. Let's have it be, you know, HD quality for the phone. But then if I'm going to change screens, we should be able to change resolution. Sure. So, you know, things like that we get because people are you know, streaming content a whole lot when they're doing all kinds of things and then sending it to a TV and saying, hey, it could look a lot better. It doesn't, it doesn't look that great on my TV. So, you know, a, a lot of this stuff, you know, especially, you know, on this topic of, you know, Roku's and Apple TVs and, and whatnot, you know, it is as, as people use your, your software more and more, you know, they're, they're, they're pointing you in the direction of all the things that make it, um, that, that will make it to where they're going to keep using it more and more and more. Sure. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. So I'm kind of, we're kind of coming to the end of the show. So let's maybe close the show with covering cost. You have a free version and you have a premium version. What, what do you get with the free version and what do you get with the premium version? So the, the free version of Unity uh, lets you use Unity in a pretty unlimited way on the same network, right? So let's say you're at home you know, or you're at work, but your computer and your, your phone, for example, are on the same network. Sure. Um, or if you're using our desktop software, it's just installed on that computer. It's completely free to use it. You don't have, you, you don't have to pay for it. But what we found was is that, you know, that, that hit a large group of people, right? About, about 70% of the usage. Sure. Is, is people that are, you know, sort of in these categories of, of being on the same network as our computer or, you know, just using a, a local device. Um, so, so the premium version focuses on the features that we found that, that just became much more advanced, you know, when, when you're really um, using Unity a lot more, which, of course, is only, the only time we really want to, to try and get people to pay. So premium Unity lets you access content from computers on different networks. So we broker all of the different connection and networking types to make sure that you never have to lift a finger. You don't have to configure your firewall or router at home. You don't have to open ports or, or make P2P work. And if, let's say, you're at work and, and the corporate firewall is locked down, it doesn't let your phone talk to your computer via P2P. We have a secure relay that will uh, connect you to your computer over SSL um, and, and we make sure everything continues to work without you having to do anything. So that, for example, is, is a premium feature uh, that's in the premium version. Um, also, be, being able to download files for offline access or having what we call smart stream, which is uh, what I was describing a minute ago with those intelligent defaults that say, okay, this is the right quality for the phone, but you can change it to be something else if you wanted to. Um, so, uh, so that's what you get when you upgrade to premium or add in premium features all the time. Um, we've also, the pricing for premium is, is, uh, I guess you call it introductory pricing sure. for the next month or two. Um, so we just launched premium a couple of months ago and, um, probably until sometime like January, sometime in January, uh, we're going to, uh, increase the pricing. Uh, so right now it's $3 a month. Uh, it's $30 a year or $36 for a lifetime license. So a lifetime means you just buy it once you own it forever. You get all of the upgrades. Um, you never have to pay for it again. Uh, next year, those prices are going to go up a bit. Uh, we still think we're going to be the most 
affordable solution of its kind in the market mm-hmm. um, by by a lot actually. Um, yeah, that's cheap. So, actually, you know, for example, yeah, I mean, what, next year when we increase prices, it'll probably go from three dollars a month to five dollars a month, um, from you know thirty dollars a year to probably fifty. Um, so it, it it won't change a whole lot, uh, but mostly right now we're trying to figure out: Do people like paying for units? It's something they're willing to pay for, and you know we're kind of shocked by you know how much people sort of responded to it. I mean, we've, we've had really really great paid conversions. Um, you know, we get really good feedback on our pricing. Uh, so you know, so far we're we're really happy with the way that that's uh, that's turning out. Um, but, you know, um, like, like everything else, we've got to keep making it better and better. And, you know, we think that with the pricing increases next year are going to come uh, a whole bunch of features that really in- increase the, the usage of Unity a lot more beyond what it is today. Sure. And I, I think if I'm not mistaken, we're actually uh, doing a discount just for your listeners um, to, uh, to get a discount off the, the lifetime. So um, even though it's only 36 bucks, I think, uh, I think there's a coupon just for you guys. Yeah, there was, uh, and we I'll post it in the show notes as well. But the if you type in "building the future," you get twenty percent off. So that that's something that's um, extremely nice of you guys to offer offer the listeners of the show. And you know, I, I think it makes a lot of sense to um, do do the lifetime plan for 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 most people, right? And I'm actually impressed that you guys did the lifetime plan. And and was there what was the reasoning behind kind of deciding to to offer that for a limited time? Well, we built the system because because we don't have your content, right? We we made it very efficient. So our, our users our users cost us money, but they don't cost us a you know it's not like Dropbox, right? It's where every single month that I have content in Dropbox, it, it's it's like the gas pump. It's just constantly um, increasing the costs, right? So in our case, you know, we're a very efficient system. Um, some people want to dip their toe in the water and $3 a month is a really fair price point for them to do that. Um, you know, we, we hope that we build software people really like and want to gravitate towards lifetime. And we just found this to be the right price. It's a, it's a, it's a fair, you know, you know I think good price for, for people. And the feedback has been, you know, we're, we're surprised by how many lifetimes versus $3 a month plans we're selling. And, I mean, I think, you know, if you, look, if you use the product, it's, it's obviously a much better deal. It's the price of one year forever. You get all the upgrades and, you know, every feature that we ever make. So it's, uh, you know, it, it's a good deal. And, you know, at this stage of monetization, like I said, you know, we've, we've had premium out there for, I think, about two months, maybe a little, a little bit over two months. And um, you know, for the most part, you know, you, you start charging and you're trying to see if you even understand what people care about or what they think. It's really testing the waters. And sometimes it's, uh, you know, a very um, difficult thing to get right, but we're happy that it's, it's going pretty well. Sure. No, no, that's great. And just, just to kind of reiterate that you're offering a 20% deal on the lifetime membership if you use the promo code or coupon code, Building the Future. And uh, so if people want to kind of get more information, try out Unity, um, where can they go and find you guys online? Uh, best place is our website at www.getunity.com. Uh, Unity is a, a little tricky. It's Y-O-U-N-I-T-Y. Uh, but uh, the website will tell you all about sort of how it works, um, let you download. You can try it for free. 
Um, you know, and if you end up purchasing it, uh, make sure you use the uh, Building the Future coupon code. Perfect. Well, Eric, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be on the show, and I look forward to keeping in touch with you and kind of seeing where you guys take Unity in 2017 and beyond. Great. Thanks so much, Kevin. I really appreciate it. It was great talking to you again. You too, man. All right. You have a good rest of your day. You too. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Thanks for listening. The music for the show is done by Electric Mantra. You can check them out at electricmantra.com and keep them in the future.